Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of uh, Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. And Kevin Hill. I can't tell you how good it is to be back with you, Kevin. Ooh, Cold as it is, not yes. sign. There are no signs of getting any warmer at this stage. Well, we're heading towards the warmer weather and the sunshine. And when the sun does come out, it does make you feel good. So <laughs> hopefully, you feel good today when you're listening to this. Well, you are the sunshine of my life. <laughs> is it is it bad form to throw up in a food podcast? That was a bit too corny. <laughs> Is it? Is I take it, it back. Yeah, yeah, I think it. Oh, it's too late. Uh, Narelda Jacobs is our guest on the show this week. Oh, what a multi-talented yeah. performer she is. Journalist, news presenter, great host. And, I mean, she's come to prominence in uh, on Studio 10. Yes. On Network 10. And we're about to see her, and you can see her now, actually, if you go on 10 Play. Uh, they do all these, uh, this time of the year, they do pilots for new hmm. shows that might get up and running for next year. So uh, Narelda has got together with a, a few of her very good friends, and they've done a, a show called Dinner Guest. You can have a look at it on 10 Play, and then in, in the coming months, I guess, and we'll find out from Narelda shortly, they'll make a decision on whether the network executives uh, yes. will make a decision on whether it gets the go-ahead. Well, along with, uh, yeah, MasterChef's Melissa Leong and yes. also Dr. Susan Carlett. Yes, a very uh, good little ensemble ensemble of people, so have a look at that on 10 Play, but you can have a listen to Narelda on our podcast talking to us right now. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Narelda, I have a feeling first up that you are going to have some pretty special food memories to share with us. Uh, tell us firstly about your heritage and why dinner has always been something of a, a sacred time in your family. Ah, so my dad is, uh, or was Aboriginal. We lost my dad four years ago. Um, and, uh, and so we have, uh, strong, um, Noongar heritage from the Wadjuk to Noongar, uh, country in, uh, Buraloo, Perth, around the Swan River. And, and my mum is Irish. Uh, her, she's British. Um, her, um, her mum was from, uh, Northern Ireland, from Belfast, and her dad was, uh, was British, uh, from England. So, yeah, but, but she, she spent the first nine years of her life in Ireland, uh, and then her parents, uh, and, uh, her and her five siblings sailed over to Australia when she was a child. Um, and around the same time, my dad, uh, was, was stolen from his, his family and placed in a mission in WA. Um, and that's where he spent the rest of his childhood until he was uh, he was sixteen. And you grew up in a uh, in a Christian household. So your mother w- was a Christian, and your father became a uh, a reverend. Yeah, they're they're both pastors. My dad was was a reverend of the United Church. Uh, it was all day Sunday at uh, church. My mum is also a pastor, and she uh, pastors uh, now. So as you can imagine, dinner always started with grace. Yep. And dinner was always at the table, always at the table when we were growing up. Um, and while, you know, I may have, um, you know, I might not be, you know, I don't follow faith, you know, that that um, that closely as I did when I was growing up, um, it did give us that really strong foundation and that, that family connection at dinner time. Um, and, I mean, that didn't really have anything to do with faith. I think it just had something to do with us coming together as a family and having that sharing family time. But... To me, when I did grow up, when I grew up, dinner was also a time to say grace and have a Bible reading and those types of things. So that meant sitting at the table um, long, you know, before and after dinner was served. So you're the youngest of five girls. What was what was on the table? What were you eating? 
Oh, we were eating um, meat and veg. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a special occasion, it would be lasagna. Um, on a Sunday, it was always a Sunday roast, always. In fact, my mum would be so organised that she would have the roast in cooking while we're at church and then we would um, always be inviting people back to our house for this huge roast and usually it was lamb but um, my favourite was uh, was roast chicken. Um, so Sunday, yeah, Sunday is quite sacred. I still love a Sunday roast. Like I will I will go near and far to find a good um, Sunday roast at a pub um, and it all comes down to the gravy for me actually um, <laughs> that, that brings yes. it all together. <laughs> it's interesting. So the tradition of the Sunday roast has stayed with you, Narelda. But what about the tradition of um, you mentioned dinner was always eaten at the table? That certainly is a tradition. I think that's largely fallen by the wayside now, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And what it does is that it gives you a chance to talk. Mm. Um, and you know, you might not even you know, families often don't have meaningful discussions. It's more about you know the day, what what you've done, what you're about to do. Um, we don't really. You know, not, I can't remember there being um, really, you know, in-depth conversations about our feelings or, um, you know, maybe the state of the world, you know, because they were, my parents were involved in Aboriginal politics as well. Um, and we had politicians at our home for dinner. We had uh, Fred Taney to dinner and his family. Um, I remember that really clearly because we all had to dress in, like, absolutely immaculately mm-hmm. uh, for Fred Taney coming. Um my, because of my parents' um, Christianity, we also had Fred Nile come for dinner. <laughs> well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's interesting. When I kind of think back to you know what um, how you know my stance on you know promoting anti homophobia, I kind of looked back and I was like, oh my goodness, as a child. Our family invited him into our family. <laughs> he was an incredibly <laughs> polarizing figure. Oh. Well, he was. He was polarizing for me as a child. I mean, he was this man in this power suit, this white man in a power suit coming for dinner. And and that that you know, seeing these people come for dinner in our house and be treated with that level of respect, that kind of that was the that the, there was the absolute stereotype of what what power looked like for me from a from a child's point of view. So I've kind of had to. Um, Oh, it was interesting. I was I was with we, I was with the family just last week, and and my mum kind of would say certain things of because um, we went away as a family, and she was waiting for my nephew to come home to lift her suitcase her suitcase into the car, you know, for her to leave. And I, I would scold her. I'd say, "Mum, you don't need a man to do that. <laughs> I can do that." And then, <laughs> and then also, like we had a roast as well as a family. And she said, um, she, she singled out the one man that was there, and she said, "Kerry can carve the." Terry can carve the roast like before, before he arrived, and I sold it on again. Again, I said, "Mum, you don't need the only man to carve the meat." <laughs> so guess who got to carve the meat? You me. Did. Yes. <laughs> and, and then I realised how much work was involved in carving the meat, oh. <laughs> and, and what a big job it was. But um, yeah, so I'm kind of in, in a process of of de- decolonising, I guess, um, if you like, because. Um, I think you know m- m- misogyny and those kind of uh, views is, is is directly related to to colonisation and um, and and they're the sorts of things that I'm I'm um, I guess I'm I don't know fixing myself or, or decolonising myself. That's probably a good way to describe it. What about the current day, uh, Narelda? How uh, can you find your way around the kitchen? And do you en- do you enjoy cooking yourself? Oh, I love cooking. If I had the time, I love the whole process of it. I love 
going to see what's in season. Um, and, you know, farmers markets are so brilliant for that as well, just the colour. Um, I, I recently became friends with, um, or since I moved to Sydney, became close friends with Christine Manfield mm. and, uh, and her partner Margie and went to Carriage Work Farmers Market with them, introduced to, to, to them from by a mutual friend. And it was so great to meet the producers and the growers of this food because they all knew Christine by name and, uh, and every, everything came with a story, you know, and you only get that when you go to a farmer's market. So, I mean, the process of cooking and the love of cooking starts from there, from, from selecting the produce that you're going to cook and then kind of choosing what you're going to make and then bringing it home. I mean, usually, like my repertoire is not that huge, so usually it's just, just about coating things in olive oil and putting them in the oven. <laughs> That's pretty much the extent of it. <laughs> but you've got to have time. And, and I, I think, you know, with time brings the beautiful aromas and, and it fills the home and, and that's what I love. I, I love to have something in the oven that's um, all day, you know, or yeah. something on the stove that's, that's like an all-day cook, like a, a slow cook. Yeah, the slow cooking's great because uh, it's mm. – well, it, I mean – Basically, it's sort of minimal effort. You can put it on there and let it uh, just stew and uh, then you've got that beautiful meat falling off the bone and the guests all say, wow, you must have slaved over this. Yeah, and it's just time. That's yeah, all it is. Yeah, absolutely. What about, uh, look, you've, you've obviously got a very busy lifestyle uh, with the commitments, uh, television, so forth. Do you need a coffee to get you going of the morning? Yes, I have one coffee before I leave with my porridge. <laughs> um, I, I walk to work, so um, it takes me oh, 38 minutes precisely to walk to work, yeah. so um, I'm filled up already. And then and then I'll have, oh, this is, when I started on Studio 10, this is something that I absolutely loved. There was always a coffee waiting for you when you get oh. in. Isn't it? That, that is, that is to me like, like you, that's a, that's a you've made it type of <laughs> <laughs> When, there, when there's a coffee waiting for you and, and they get the order just right, like I just, that, that's a huge uh, perk. And, and I think that's kind of also something that's delivered with love as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, so I have another one. So I have about three, three coffees a day. Now you really know you've made it when it's Jock from MasterChef who's making your, uh, your coffee as you walk onto the set. That's when you know you've really made it. I love that story from MasterChef <laughs> of Jock every day on set making every crew member a coffee. I think that's just brilliant. Yeah, he calls it the hospitality gene. Yeah. 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 Oh, I can imagine. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, um, Lauren and, and Doc have invited me out for dinner. Um, so, yes, I, I can't wait for it. I can't wait to be amongst it. <laughs> well, speaking of that MasterChef connection, the the, uh, the pilot that you've done for Channel 10, which is called Dinner Guest, you've, you've teamed up with Melissa from uh, from uh, from MasterChef and and Susan Carlin and you, you you've done a little show a pilot for a show which you're ho- obviously hoping uh, goes into into full production where you sit around and have a chat with a guest. Oh, we so hope this goes into production because we've got more conversations to have and more dinners to eat. <laughs> uh, it was yeah, I, I came up with the idea to have underrepresented voices yarning. That's that's pretty much um, where the idea came from because. We, we hear a lot, you know, that underrepresented voices um, aren't, aren't seen on, particularly on commercial TV, as much as they should be. Um, and there was only two people in my mind that I wanted to do this with. It was Melissa Leong, because we have connected um, so closely on social media, um, and, and Dr. Susan Carlin. Like, I, I, I admire Susan. I've met her. I've met her at the Logies, and she was one of those people 
um, her and um, that, that you're kind of intimidated by because they're so amazing. You, mm. you know those people. Mm. Yeah. So when um, when I put it to them to be involved, um, they said yes instantly, and it just made me. It, it, I knew then that it was an idea that we needed to bring to the world, and then um, executive producer Samatia Marufus. Uh, came came in, came on the job, and she injected the food element to it and said, wouldn't it be great, you know, to have food as the focus because then it's, um, a, it's a, a focal point of the conversation but also it's a way for people to share their own culture yes. and, and their own, you know, family, um, you know, history or, or nostalgia. You know, it's just something really beautiful and that's, that's exactly what we did. So our very first guest was Patricia Carvelis, Um and we, we took Patricia to a, a Greek restaurant in Melbourne because PK has Greek heritage and lives in Melbourne. Yep. Um, and it was just fantastic hearing her talk about food, you know, food as a, as a child, like her grandmother um, cooking the food, uh, the, the, the Greek food that she absolutely loved. Um, and so it was this beautiful time of, of sharing culture as well as sharing um, each other's stories. What I love about food being the focal point of any conversation to Narelda is that not only does it you talk about your food heritage, but you talk about you inevitably stray onto uh, other uh, topics that you might not have been expecting. Oh, look, we talk about religion, sexuality, um, coming from migrant families. Uh, all, you, you name it, we, we're talking about it, um, and it's all it's all around at the dinner table. Um, for all of us, you know, sitting around a table was something really special uh, anyway. So to be able to do it, um, and we did it in a way where, you know, on the day of, of, that we shot it, we didn't see the cameras. The cameras were kind of hidden away. We, we kind of forgot that that we were even being filmed. Mm. Um, and it, the conversation just flowed. Like we were actually sitting there for three hours talking. Um, and, yeah, so it was just this really uh, – I just can't wait for people to, 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 to watch it. Um, if you haven't already uh, dinner guest and um, and let us know also who you want us to invite next. Mm. Yep. That's up on 10 play if people want to have a look at that. Now, which brings me to my question about your sweet tooth. Oh. When the when the dessert oh. menu comes out, what uh, what are you what are you going for? <laughs> oh, look, I love anything that's self-sourcing or that's oh. some, some kind of a, or a chocolate fondant. Like I, I am oh, <laughs> I, I will wait the 15 minutes that it is needed for that to, to be prepared. <laughs> Perfect in this weather too. <laughs> yes, yes. Those um, self-sourcing puddings are just magical too, aren't they? I still can't get my oh. head around how you, you start by pouring the water on top and the sauce just comes out the bottom. <laughs> I, know. I mean, and it's one of those magical things as well if you do it for a dinner party. Like people just Look at you as if you are some kind of a goddess <laughs> for being able to do it, and, and it's actually quite easy. Um, and like bread, bread and butter pudding was also a favourite, and that is so simple, especially around you know Easter time or leftover croissants or leftover um, anything really. But yeah, I love dessert. I, I mean, I, I do look at the dessert menu as soon as the menu does come, but I don't know if I look at it first. <laughs> so between the slow cookers and the self-sourcing yeah. desserts, you like the kitchen, <laughs> but you don't like to work hard in the kitchen. <laughs> Is that, what is that what I'm sensing here? You're picking up what I'm putting down, yes. <laughs> I tend to forget quite cook I am, I think. What about um, an alcoholic beverage and do you like to have one while you're um, you're working on the meal? Oh, look, I, I do love a, a tipple. Um, <laughs> I, I love a whiskey sour, actually. I know that's kind of that, that, that's kind of a hard, hard drink to start with, so I might ease into it um, 
I'm not maybe with a and t but <laughs> what I love about G&Ts is the garnishes that you can have, mm. that, um, that, that you can explore with uh, rosemary or um, Geraldton wax sprigs, oh. actually. But yeah, like you can go... You can go wild with um with what you put in in gin oh. as a, as a garnish. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I'm exploring <laughs> all the different things. In fact, like Geraldton Wax, like if you get a bouquet of flowers, um, you can save the the needles or the sprigs, um, and pop them into your, yeah. your gin, and it's like it's beautiful. Yeah, and it looks it looks appealing too. They say we eat and drink with our eyes too, as much as mm. <laughs> our taste buds. That's mm. interesting. <laughs> hey, Narelda, uh, we've, we've talked about dinner guests the show. What about dinner guests? What about a dinner party at your house and you could invite anybody? And we're talking anybody, dead or alive, could be at your house for a dinner party with you. Who would who would make oh, your list? God. This was so hard. I mean, of course, I would invite Melissa and Susan because I just love them. And that's why I invited them to the first, to the first you know, that's why I invited them in the first place because I love them so much. Yep. And now I get to make um, beautiful magic with them every, every time at the dinner table. So I, I still want them to come even though I see them a lot. I just love what they add to a conversation. Um, and also they just, I mean, Melissa's knowledge of, of food, I mean, it's not that's not the only reason, but she's just so beautiful the way that she, um, you kind of learn some table etiquette from Melissa as well because she always <laughs> serves everybody else first. I I kind of have to remind myself to keep doing that because I forget, you know, that it's manners to serve everybody else first. (laughs) I think that's really a lovely trait and something that I'm I'm learning from other people. Um, And so, so Melissa and Susan, I love, I've loved seeing the rise of AOC in America. I just, I would love to, to invite her to come around to my house and just like stare at her, listen to all of her stories and to listen to, to what it's like to be um, in Congress and being amongst it and the Donald Trump days and uh, what's going on now, you know, like just to be able to get draw inspiration. Um, I mean, Oprah would be lovely, of mm-hmm. course, but then um, I would only want Oprah if she comes with Gail because um, I think both, to see, the, see them both bounce off each other would just be magic. Yeah. Um, and I've got a friend, uh, she came on Studio 10 um, Curly Saunders is is an artist, a writer, a poet, uh, and my friend, and she's just this gentle, beautiful soul, and so she would just soften the energy and calm everyone down and give them, um, you know, inject, inject a lot of First Nations culture into the dinner. So, so that would be my ideal dinner party. Very nice. Gins all round. Very nice indeed. <laughs> gins, yes. gins with things floating in them. <laughs> yes, beautiful garnishes, yes. Um, uh, well, look, good luck with, with dinner guests. We hope, uh, and I, I imagine you'll know in the next couple of uh, weeks or months uh, what the what the story is with that and whether that's got the go-ahead, the green light. Yes. Um, so what you need to do is get um, get views on Tenplay. Uh, so download Tenplay, the app, um, go to Pilot Showcase and watch dinner guests once, twice, as many times as you like. <laughs> uh, tell everyone you know, uh, get some social media things happening using dinner guest, uh, hashtag dinner guest AU. That would be wonderful um, because we want to have more dinners and, and more conversations. That, that, it's the conversations that's the more important part. Hey, Narelda, just to finish up, do you have a cooking or a kitchen tip that you could share with us? Oh, I, I guess. Okay, listen to this. <laughs> so I, I reheat a lot of ta- leftovers. Um, uh, like you know, fried rice or that sort of thing, and I've got if you've got a non-stick pan, 
um, and you don't want to use too much oil, what I do is heat everything up so it's nice and hot and then put a lid over it and just take it off the heat. Mm. And it lifts the bottom, all the all the beautiful caramelized bits from the bottom of the pan. Oh. So you don't so you don't lose any flavor. Yeah, and that's kind of what I've been doing lately. And it stays hot. Um, and just just you need to just rest it for a few minutes. It's off the heat, and you can kind of scrape the bottom beautiful bottom bits. It's like a, almost like a paella. That it kind of um, feel. Like yeah, that, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, Kevin, good. you look like a light bulb's gone off yeah, over your has. head. I like that. I'm um, thinking that's going to come in very. <laughs> that's handy. one of the better ones we've yeah. had, isn't it? I like oh, that. Good. That's okay. Very good. No, <laughs> terrific. Hey, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Good luck with dinner guests. Let's hope we see that on the uh, on the ten schedule in uh, in 2023. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I love the chat. Thank you. Have a great day. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. And you can check out uh, Dinner Guest, as we mentioned, on the uh, 10 Play platform and have a look at uh, a show that might be up and running uh, for the uh, the coming year. Hey, some great childhood stories there from Narelda. I particularly love the reference to her mum. Every time a man's job needed to be done, such <laughs> as, uh, you know, carving the roast, let's find a man. Where's a man? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, mum, you don't need a man. Us men don't don't like doing all that stuff either. Sometimes it'd be, you know, it's, it's too exactly much responsibility right. for I mean, me. Around here, I do it all. Exactly. <laughs> Mostly. So, are you going to lead off the uh, food poll, or am I? No, I'll, I'll let you do that. Does the man lead that? Yeah. <laughs> well, <Okay>. you lead <clears throat> with the dance. You lead uh, with the food poll. Uh, good day. Uh, welcome <laughs> to the food poll. Uh, no, it's time for our food poll. Interesting one, this one, and it uh, it hasn't polarised opinion. I must say, it's very popular. There you go. I, look, I th- thought it was timely. It's cold. We love pasta. We love carbs. So, how much do you love gnocchi, Kevin? Do you like a bit of gnocchi? Well, as I said on the post when I put it up, um, I don't have it often. When I do have it, I generally mm. enjoy it. Mm. And that's a bit of a theme from a lot of people, to be honest. We'll start with Glenn, who Let's. says, I'll say yay to that, Pado. I don't remember when I had it last, though. Leonie Kay says, yay, yummo. Our friend Cherie Dodson, big yay from me. I tried to make a keto version during the first lockdowns and I failed dismally, she said. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little secret to knock you later on. Oh, will you? Yes, I will. Mr. Pastor King himself. Uh, Sue Hosking <laughs> says, yay, but I must admit I haven't had it in ages. Rachel says, definitely yay. Julian says, oh, yes, please, with gorgonzola. Oh, Yum. Yeah. But must be cooked right. Absolutely, as is with any pasta. Mm-hmm. Anthony says, yay, I had it for dinner tonight, actually. Terry Daniel says, yay. Lisa Marie, yay. Roz Trimble, yay. Michelle, yes, please, yum. Amanda says, a big yes from me. Sue Landry, a yes from me with mushrooms and parmesan. How good does that sound? Uh, Rebecca Ann Kane says, if it's made well, see again, yes, yes but badly made gnocchi is a crime that's hard to recover from. Oh, Serious stuff. Yeah. Muriel Cooper depends on how it's made and cooked. It can be frightful or delightful. Yeah, spot on. I can see that on a menu. How, how, would, you, how would you like your gnocchi? Uh, I like the frightful. And uh, then the delightful. Yeah, one of those. Uh, Lydia says yay. Tony Tenalia, this Italian says hell yes. Michelle Smith says no. Judy says I've never had it. Isn't that amazing? Never had mm, it. I've not had it often. Uh, Dave Moore says fresh and properly made, yes, out of a packet, no. no. Anne Peacock says, nope, not even occasionally. Sam Newman says, knocky about the most uninteresting <laughs> and flavourless pasta going around. And uh, this has invoked a few uh, comments. Oh. Private Perth says, you know knocky isn't pasta, it's made from potatoes, <laughs> yes, bud. 
And then James said, surely whatever source is on it plays a part, Fossil. (laughs) And I knew they were referring to Sam and not to me. Most pastors are uninteresting without the source. Thank Goodness, you, Sam. we generated a bit of debate of its own. Thank you, Sam, and his ensemble who now comes with him. Paringa 40, you love that handle. Always. I love gnocchi and changing up the sauces from the traditional basil pesto is nice. Darren Hinch says, no. Here you go. Shame, shame. <laughs> Janet, yay, with bolognese sauce and grated Romano cheese. Murphy says, I've got to say, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> Kate Fitzpatrick. Yay. Candice White. Yay. Old croaky. Nope, Uh, nope, not on your Nelly. This one should not be served outside of aged care facilities. It's been been created for people who want to make lots of dough, not for lovers of food who want a mouth feel um, more than than that mush. Mm, I don't blame him. Uh, Kate Stevenson says, look, hell yes, pan fried though. Yes, when you get a bit of a crispy bottom on it. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Miss Sandy Crack, yay. Uh, Joe Garris says, look, there's no way any sane person votes nay. So it's a yay. Louis Zacker says, absolutely yay. With a spicy... Oh, see, now you left that for me. <laughs> You're horrible, Muriel. Because I, no, no, I really struggle say. with this and every time I say it in a restaurant when I order it because I love it, I pronounce it wrong and I get corrected by the waiter or waitress. Amatriciano? It's one of those and I always get it wrong. I've absolutely screwed that up but I had a, and a, a, a stab. Yes, Louis, Louis will tell us. Uh, now, We're Jim, food lovers, not experts. <laughs> exactly. We like to eat it, not necessarily <laughs> pronounce it. Jim Wilson says, yay, but when it's done right, a lot of times it's too doughy. Yeah, it's, it's the um, the proportion of the potato to All the – All will be revealed oh. shortly. Oh, <laughs> Move on, Sarah. <laughs> Steve Bastoni. <laughs> of course, but it must be light. Mark Stevens says, yep, a silly question. Artie Stevens, yes, with plenty of hot salami and Napoli sauce and parmesan cheese. And Wayne writes, oh. Wayne's back. Been away. He's back. And he says, Noki confuses me. Is it pasta or is it potatoes? Mm. I had this thought once whilst cooking Noki and it bamboozled, it bamboozled me so much I ended up curled up in the fetal position <laughs> on the floor and drank the cooking wine that was meant for the sauce. I do that all the time. It also tastes like those little foam pellets that my eBay purchases come in, so it's a resounding <laughs> oh. no from me. You know, in things. the box, yes. in the cover. Yes. It can. It's funny. So now all will be revealed because Noki, I looked it up, because there is some concern about oh. whether it's a potato or whether it's a pasta. Oh, you're getting all scientific. Noki, noki, and it's a plural, R, so it's noki R. Noki. Noki, noki, a varied family of dumpling in Italian cuisine. They are made of small lumps of dough, mostly traditionally composed of a simple combination of wheat, mm. flour, egg, egg salt, salt, and potato. So well, that's go. interesting. So the gnocchis have it. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, by, by a big stretch, actually. Not a lot of not a lot of negative comments about the Noki. I was surprised. I expected it to be a no vote. You can make what's called nude gnocchi. What? Nude. You can make nude gnocchi, gnocchi. And nude. <laughs> you can do that. It's not where this podcast I'd is heading, trust me. I'd rather at least me. wear an apron. <laughs> yes. But you can make nude gnocchi, which is uh, made of uh, ricotta. Oh, okay. Instead of what? Potato Instead and of the potato. Flour, flour. Oh, yeah. okay. I think it's more of a a keto-friendly type of thing. Okay. I just think it's the most stupidly named pasta of them all. (laughs) Well, it is. Nookie. Nookie. It starts with a G. Well, I think you should. It starts with a G and goes, Nookie. Follow that up with a strongly worded letter of complaint, Kevin, to the authorities. It's time for us now to (laughs) gno. We're gno until next time on the Food Bites podcast. Uh, Bye-bye. Have fun. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.